You're listening to the Kingdom Project Podcast. These are discussions on biblical theology and interpretation. The emphasis is on context and grace. The goal is to promote biblical literacy by displacing and debunking most modern interpretations. The challenge is to engage in healthy conversation that may stretch, but sharpen iron. This is The Kingdom Project, and I'm your host, Marcus Hall. Okay, here we go. We'll get right back into this here. We, we, I decided just to cut um, the Matthew 24, 36 through 42 into two episodes, all right? That way, um, so you've listened to Matthew 24, can it be divided or divided, whatever I've d- decided to name it. And I've gone over why it cannot be divided, and there is no division there. So with that being said, we are now going to take a look at verses 36 through 42 of the Olivet Discourse, okay? So if you've not, uh, check us out on Facebook and like it and share. Subscribe to the YouTube channel and get on Instagram and do the same thing and leave a <laughs> leave a review and all that stuff. I sound like I'm hyped up on something i don't know what's going on here um feel good okay i I had a tasty lunch so i'm revved up and good to go i guess so let's look at this um we looked at the the day and hour no one knows right so i've explained that so let's let's go on now okay so 36 through 39 for as were the days of noah so will be the coming of the son of man for as in, in those days before the flood, they were eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage until the day when Noah entered the ark and they were unaware until the flood came, swept them all away. So will be the coming of the son of man. Okay, so Jesus here is drawing on the familiar Old Testament judgment events of the flood. So Jesus is teaching by analogy, and he shows how the coming of the flood waters and his own coming are similar. So it's clear that Jesus is still speaking about his parousia and the destruction of the temple in Jerusalem, all right? So two times he has said that so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. So Jesus here is making this comparison between his parousia and Noah's flood. Now, I've talked about this um, before in sermons. I've mentioned it uh, probably on the podcast as well. But we know that as the flood came and took them all away, so the judgment on Israel is going to come and take them all away too. It's the unbelievers of Israel, just like the unbelievers in Noah's day. They will be taken away in judgment. And... um, and the righteous then those who believed are going to remain right so keep in keep in mind what he just said about no one knows the day or hour the point that jesus is making is just also that just in those days of noah the wicked didn't know until the flood came and took him away so it will be like this at his parousia 
that in the days of Noah, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage with no sense of knowledge or apprehension whatsoever of a coming flood, even though that Noah had had mentioned it. So also would it be in those days just prior to the destruction of Jerusalem. Now, if we look in Corinthians, Paul reminds the Corinthian church of the coming judgment there. All right. First Corinthians chapter seven, 25 through 29. Um, <laughs> now he says now concerning the betrothed or it would be, or it could be virgins. I have no command from the Lord, but I give my judgment as one who by the Lord's mercy is trustworthy. I think that in the view of the present distress, it is good for a person to remain as he is. Are you bound to a wife? Do not seek to be free. Are you free from a wife? Do not seek a wife. But if you do marry, you have not sinned. And if a betrothed woman marries, she has not sinned. Yet those who marry will have worldly troubles, and I would spare you that. This is what I mean, brothers. The appointed time has grown very short. From now on, let those who have wives live as though they had none. All right, so <laughs> there's people that want to use this to say it's okay not to marry. I mean, it is okay not to marry, but they they say... I got to do ministry or whatever, you know, I'm going to do ministry. Paul says, you don't have to get married. Don't get married. It's it's not about abstaining and anything like that. All right. His words here are in light of the judgment that was coming. Paul is cautioning those at the Corinthian church against marriage because being married during the Jewish wars would make life difficult. All right. Nursing mothers, right? All this stuff. Trying to take your wife and your children with you, fleeing from the destruction and going into the mountains and living in caves. That's what he is he is trying to say here, all right? So, but the unbeliever was going to go on with life as nothing, like nothing was happening, all right? Just as they did in Noah's day. So, to the account of Noah, Luke add something onto this about Sodom in Luke 17, 28 and 30. He says, likewise, just as it was in the days of Lot, they were eating and drinking, buying and selling, planting and building. But on the day when Lot went out from Sodom, fire and sulfur rained from heaven and destroyed them all. So will it be on the day when the son of man is revealed? Okay. So you have both examples here noah and lot judgment came quick and uh completely on the unbelievers while the believers managed to escape and uh get away from the destruction so lot lot escaped the fires of judgment on sodom and gomorrah by leaving the city the early christians escaped the judgment that fell on jerusalem by leaving the city and fleeing to Pella. All right. So in verse 30, Luke mentions that the son of man being revealed in Matthew 24, it mentions the coming of the son of man. And both of these expressions refer to the same thing. It says parousia, or 
his coming was his apocalypta, which is revelation. All right. Um, so think of the book of Revelation, Apocalyptus. It's John's apocalypse, which is not anything what the word like what the word apocalypse means today. It means revelation or an, a revealing, an unveiling. So in the destruction of Jerusalem, it was to be revealed to all that Jesus was truly the Messiah of Israel. And Jerusalem's destruction was the sign that the Son of Man was in heaven. All right, so let's stay in Luke 17 for a moment and look at 31 and 32. And he says, On that day, let the one who is on the housetop with his goods in the house not come down to take them away. And likewise, let the one who is in the field not turn back. Remember Lot's wife. Jesus is warning his disciples that they could end up like Lot's wife if they didn't get out of Jerusalem quickly. Once they would see the abomination of desolation, which is the Roman army surrounding uh, the walls of the city. And he's telling them that they will be able to escape the judgment if they don't look back like Lot's wife. So it should be obvious that this, this has no reference at all to a time in the future when the earth is going to be burnt up and the planet ends because how can people flee from that if you just think logically <laughs> you know it that would make no sense because you cannot flee from that the reference to to noah and the reference to sodom should make it clear and obvious that this is not a reference to the, the end of the world or the annihilation of the whole universe. All right. Humanity on the planet back then did not end. All right. The wicked were judged and the righteous were spared. All right. So let's go on with Matthew 24 and 40 and 42. Then two men will be in a field. One will be taken and one left. Two women will be grinding at the mill. One will be taken and one left. Therefore, stay awake, for you do not know uh, on what day your Lord is coming. All right, so obviously, if you grew up or was alive in the 90s, you know all about the Left Behind series. All right, two men. I've seen the when the remake of Nicolas Cage <clears throat> came out, I saw the billboards uh, around where I lived. Uh, Two men in a field, one will be taken and one left behind. You don't want to be left behind, right? Well, you know, it's wrong. Um, these are not rapture verses. Um, again, he's talking in reference to the flood of Noah here. Who is taken in the flood? The wicked. Who was left? The righteous, all right? So th this phrase, be taken, uh, is not a reference to being caught up or uh, but to be taken in judgment all right um, let's look at Luke again Luke 17 34 through 37 I tell you in that night there will be two in one bed one will be taken and the other left there will be two women grinding together one will be taken and the other left and they said to him, Where, Lord? He said to them, Where the corpse is, there the vultures will gather. 
So if you remember in verse 28 of the Olivet Discourse, there was a, uh, a statement there that's a picture of judgment. They're taken away to judgment and slavery, right? Not to heaven. So in light of Jesus' parousia, his coming in judgment on the clouds on Jerusalem, Jesus is cautioning his disciples to watch. Therefore, stay awake, for you do not know on what day your Lord is coming. So what would it would it make sense for Jesus to urge his, his disciples to watch for something that was not to take place within their generation, but a hundred years or a thousand years or two thousand years later? No, you again, you cannot divide Matthew 24. There's no indication that Jesus is describing two different events separated by this huge undetermined amount of time. So what would have, <coughs> excuse me, what, what would have led the disciples to conclude that Jesus was, was describing a, a time uh, different from the one that he just described moments before when he uses identical language to describe both of them. All right. And, I think the problem is people just can't let go of the 200-year-old view, traditional, I use that with quotes, of Christ coming to destroy the world. So with that in mind, that presupposition, they try to get two events out of Matthew 24, but it can't be done. So Jesus only spoke of the one event, and that happened in 70 AD. So in reference to the judgment coming of Christ upon Jerusalem, notice again what Jesus says in Luke. It's parallel in chapter 21, verses 20 and 22. But when you see Jerusalem surrounded by armies, then know that its desolation has come near. Then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains, and let those who are inside the city depart, and not those uh, oh, and let not those who are out in the country enter it. For these are days of vengeance to fulfill all that is written. Do you get that part there? To fulfill all that is written. He is, he's, people still will say this is future stuff. Rome will rise as an empire again. All right. <laughs> Jerusalem is going to be the center of the world. It's going to be surrounded then by armies, by the Roman Empire, a newly revised empire. But again, what point is it to flee to the mountains if this is the end of the world? What point is it to let those who are inside the city to depart from it and let not those who are out in the country to enter it? There's no point. Okay, Jesus is talking about these days of vengeance and to fulfill all that is written. What days of vengeance, you know? Think back earlier before the Olivet Discourse, everything that took place, all that he's talking about to the Pharisees, all the blood that would be on their hands, all of the woes that he uh, pronounced upon them. Jesus said that, in the destruction of Jerusalem, in Olivet Discourse, in Matthew 24, Mark 13, Luke 21, that all things written would be fulfilled. And I believe it was all fulfilled in 70 AD. 
All right, there you go. We're almost wrapped up with Matthew 24. I uh, hope that helped you to understand it a little bit more. If there's any questions, comments, disagreements, or concerns, send them my way at the Kingdom Project Podcast at gmail.com or leave a comment. Until next time, be a mustard seed, be 11. Thanks for listening. <laughs>